At the end of the day, I've only got myself to blame, so I'm going to try to look after for myself. I'm going to hold it. It's Barlow. It's Barlow. Michael Barlow obviously has had a crap start. Michael Barlow obviously has had a crap start. I'm saying hold He's not. I'm saying hold He's not. He's not going to average 60 or 70 for the year. His lowest average is about 90. Low 90. Low 93. About 93. It's not going to revert that badly. He's not going to revert that bad all of a sudden. Averages just like all of a sudden. Averages bloody nothing. Will Michael Barlow come out and get 140 against Adelaide? And that's a strong mark from Barlow. This to get the margin back to two. And he puts it straight through. Welcome, legends. It's Mission Impossible this week. The impossible task of trying to get Barlow back after some coaches elected to get rid of him against some better judgment. Once again, I'm here with my better half, Houston. Mate, how were these coaches going to get Barlow back considering you know he's now back at his starting price and we have the likes of Josh Smith, Rockliffe, Petrarca, Keys, Cox, these players taking priority over the next couple of weeks? You're not allowed to have him. That's simple as that. If you got rid of him, you can't. You're not allowed to get him back in. That's a betrayal at its finest. But <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, probably have to um, look at culling some rookies and then getting him back in. But Barlow, he, he's got a very low break even, and he's starting to become a bit of a priority. Yeah, well, he's basically. I think he's three thousand less on his his starting price. He's back up over the five hundred thousand mark, and you know. Two weeks ago, um, everyone was jumping off him and saying it was terrible, and we begged people to, to hold him. And then, you know, last week it was a, a good VC VC choice. So I I did uh, put that little bit in the intro that you said last week, Houston, that you were wondering he would he might go near one forty. Yeah, yeah, uh, went close. I think one thirty four. He went so. Um, the numbers didn't lie this time. You're they, basically uh, taking it, credit, aren't you? You you think you're just hot, uh, hot stuff, yeah, right? No. Whatever, I didn't have the, enough balls to do it myself. <laughs> myself, lucky Goldie uh, held up the nice forty-nine for me. So that yeah. was good on you, Goldie. Did Thanks you take for it? That. Did you take the forty-nine? Of course. 
you know, it's uh, <laughs> you got to go with the safe scores. Nah, <laughs> chuck that straight on Dangerfield. 132, bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah, I uh, like I said in the podcast last week, I, I got Boyd and I got Pendles and I backed up my captaincy choice of Hannah's and I was pretty happy with a, a mid-130 score from him. Yeah, you, you did pretty well last week. What did you finish on? Uh, not as much as I'd like. I think it was 21.90, somewhere around there. I, I, I moved up moved up a few more spots. Yeah, nice. That's pretty good. But, um, yeah, you, you, your team's looking pretty good. Uh, mm. Is it just me or did everyone just get slaughtered by injuries or, or something going wrong this week? Yeah, pretty much injuries this week. I copped a Laird and I copped a Ryan Davis. Um, but my trading this week, I'm going to cover Laird, and I've got enough coverage on the bench for Davis anyhow. But there's a few guys that could still be missing, and uh, my boy Darcy Parrish, I think he's <laughs> he's going out to the pasture, Houston. This is the podcast where we get a little bit somber, and I just I lose my energy, and I just let you take over because I'm going to go sob in the corner right now. <laughs> um well, I'll go. I'll run through the teams, and we can discuss what to you, do with that. Uh, you run through the teams. I'm just going to go get a tissue. <laughs> cool. Um, so, with the teams, I'll go through the outs first. So, we've yep. got big out Rory Led from um, Adelaide. He's out of our defence at the moment. Go through what to do with him later. Also, got Darcy Tucker that's out. He was a cash cow, just about to hit mm. that bubble and burst it. So, um, that's a bit of a kick in the teeth. Weedering, that's a that's a big one. So I'll go through a bit of strategy regarding him a little bit later as well. I won't even mention the next one. Just his name starts with Darcy and it ends with Parish. So that's <laughs> <laughs> your mate there. Um, Ryan Davis, he's out. You can only expect that. Probably going around as one of the worst players in the AFL. Again, he was omitted and he's not an emergency, so he's having another rest according to Rocket E. <laughs> really? Is it a rest? He, he he's having more rests than bloody Matty Boyd. Mate, how old is he? Like forty-eight or something? Yeah, you got to remember that AFL is a big step up from the waffle, so the poor kids probably just run off his legs. Mm, yeah, I guess there um, were reports that Shane Yaron from Frio was struggling with the step up as well. So um, he he had a few soft tissue injuries, but well. When he gets a game at some point, maybe he'll he'll be the same as Ryan Davis. You never know. Yeah, that's it. Um, the looking at the Richmond side of things, you got a couple of outs. Big Ivan Maric. I don't know if you'd have him in your ruck. Um, he's out. He's been omitted. So that's. Um, I heard he was a top five ruck. Did you hear that floating around anywhere? Shout out to Jorda. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, buddy. Um, and then Cochin as well. He's out. Uh, so that's the number one Dr. Supercoach pick of last year. Mm. And also Kane Lambert, he's gone down with a ribs ribs injury. So he's done a sandalins. Yeah, there's actually funny fact, more people owned Kane Lambert than Callan Ward this round. Like Are you kidding me? Four round yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. It was like five point six percent for Lambert and 4.7% for Ward or something like Why that. Why would you just... own Lambert? He must have been a mid-forward or something. Yeah, I think I think he is, but he had like a couple of cracker games to start the year, so everyone sort of thought, ooh, I'll jump on that one. I remember he won the game in round one over Carlton because he had about 16 touches and four goals in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah bloody hell. <sighs> Who else is that? Which been haven't won since, so it's great news. Um, who else we got? We got Hodgie. 
He's uh, he's been hit by a car again. Yep. That's uh, he's not too relevant. Kieran Lovell, isn't that just a bloody bugger? Yeah, I, that's the thing when they get get an absolute pantsing like that. The young kids that they're trying to bring through are the first to go. Yeah. Oh, it's um, I guess Caden Brands come in, so he's he's a new one. But I guess the only thing with Lovell is that um. We've got a few bubble boys coming up in the likes of Petrarca, Keys, Cox, Josh Smith, these kind of guys. You know, if we had Lovell getting on the bubble at the same time, he um he would have been in. We he, we might have just completely missed him. So it's probably, you know, some, hopefully he'll come back in later towards the year and give us a nice da- downgrade option because he's got the skill. He's just got to get the opportunity. Yeah, you're right. Um, James Dash come uh, comes in this week as well. Um, is he in or out? He comes in. I'd written it in out, but he actually comes in. So, yeah. my bad. Good. Uh, Alir Alir, after his first game, goes straight out for Sydney. Mm-hmm. Sam Grimley's also out for the Bombers. So, he's still just sitting on the bubble there as well, which yeah. is... I was thinking about that. It's kind of a good thing that... Because I've got so many downgrade options coming up, in a couple of weeks, if it seems like he could get uh, named again, he'd still be on the bubble. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Grimley? Uh, is, is it he, not he, relevant he, enough to have thoughts? I I don't see him being such a high cash generator that he's worth worrying about. I mean, I think you've got Bucks obviously wants to play Mason Cox. Grimley's just a top-up player for Essendon, so what's the value of playing a top-up player consistently? You know, you've got the, the Matty Stokes and the James... Um, um, that one, you know what I'm talking James about. Kelly? Yeah, Kelly. Jeez, oh, it escaped me. Um, you know these guys are premiership winning um, players, so they've got some actual chops to them, and you can play them in the AFL pretty confidently. But when you've got Sam Grimley taking up a forward spot that you can give to someone coming through that can actually develop um, in later years when we don't have the top ups, I, I just don't see Grimley getting ten games in a in one big stretch. Yeah, it looks like Sean McKernan's come in for him mm. pretty much. And any more outs you got for us? Yeah, so outs, we've still got Brady Gray as well. So he's sort of a a more expensive bubble boy, but um, that's about it from the outs side of things. You got anything to go through in regards to those, or you want me to shoot through the ins? Yeah, no, I I want you to get a little bit up and about about the number one in written on the list that you've sent me over tonight, (laughs) mate. I want you to get a little bit up and about because it was a little bit of a controversy that... Um, I postulated that Cripps was a little bit of a uh, little bit of a scaredy cat about playing Essendon. He, he he didn't want to get shown up by a real a real midfielder in Darcy Parish. That he just kind of took the week off just to just to kind of recuperate mentally. Come on, da 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 da, <laughs> mate. That was the worst game of football I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I stopped watching it at half time. <laughs> so bad. Um, but pretty excited. Cripper, he's back in. Yeah, he's uh. So anyone that brought him in last week, like mid-round or anything, would have been devastated because he was a laid out. So it shows what, if you have trade plans in mind, it shows what holding off on those trade plans until the the actual game happens can do for you because that was half an hour before, bang, it happened. So you always keep that in mind. All right. More begins. Yeah, Beams. Dane Beams plays his first game for the year. So... This is someone that's priced over 600k. He's actually been quite good in the past, barring injury. Um, I've owned him a couple of times in in previous teams, but I'm pretty excited to see how he goes. Hopefully, he drops a little bit and 
comes up as a uh, juicy primo. Mm. Uh, Brad Crouch has come back in for those that have held him. Uh, Tommy Ruggles, the rug muncher, is back in the team. My boy Chad Wingard, the Chad, he's back in the team, which is good, isn't it? Yeah, I'm hoping he drops a little bit more cash so I can just sneak him in at F6. He'll uh, probably come out for 180 this week just to make up his break-even, which is really nice. That would be great. I'm, I'm hoping for a few more price drops because he's going to be a sneakily good choice, even if it's um, F6, F7. Far out. Um, Elliot Yo as well, he's come in. Yep. Uh, big first game debut from Darcy McPherson the from rookie. Gold Coast. Yeah, 102k midfielder, he's come in. So um, that's a promising downgrade option for a couple of weeks' time if yep. he consistently gets games. And also Clayton Oliver coming from the Ds. So Caleb Daniel as well. Ricky Henderson, his first game for Adelaide, 415k defensive mid. Just keep an eye and see if it becomes relevant. And Jaden Short comes in for the Tigers as a rookie and Caden Brand for the Hawks, and that sums up pretty much the relevant ins and outs for this week. So there's quite a few. Yeah, I think I'm hoping there's going to be more snuggles with Ruggles. Yeah, me too. It's, it's just a shout out to Footy Rhino. Precious time. Yeah, I, I, I keep in mind that Brad Crouch is on the bubble again, so he's coming in off off the back of 36 touches um, and eight odd tackles or something like that in the Sandful last week. So he's coming back with some form. Um, I, me personally, I don't know if I can bring Brad Crouch in at any stage this week. It's yeah. a, it's the wrong point. There's too many other options that take precedence. Yeah, that's it. You can like, can you really see averaging like over ninety five to a hundred from here on out? I think I I can I can easily see Brad Crouch average something like that. The, yeah. Remember, this dude's an absolute prodigy. Like. He he averaged ninety three and then like ninety seven in his first two years or thereabouts. Like there's no easily go ninety five to one hundred. The the dude just gets injured so much. Every two weeks he's in and out. Yeah, that's the only problem, I guess. It's just yeah, whether you want to go with the injuries. I I had him at the start of the year because I thought the same thing. I thought well, three hundred k. Hopefully you can get something out of him, and he just keeps increasing in price. But yeah, I sort of had to drop him out for a little bit of cover. It's the same with Jaeger. When Jaeger comes back, he's going to be a sneaky, you know, good um, M8 cover um, or bench cover late, later in the year. But again, he's probably going to get some take some time to get going, and he's probably going to miss games and stuff. It, I just don't see someone of that price bracket being a mid-season trade-in. But you know, that's that's for something down the line anyway. I won't yeah. be going Brad Crouch anyway this week. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. Next segment. Yeah, we've got um, just a, a quick uh, little recap of the major issues this week. And obviously this week, it's the injuries, Houston. This is going to be the week that we find out just how well our teams are structured up and what our bench cover is worth because many of us are going to have to play some of our bench cover, um, say for Laird um, uh, or for some of these guys across multiple lines. We might be... Um, we might be covering a couple of different guys. Say you've got Laird, um, Wietering, uh, Darcy Parrish and Ryan Davis. You, you're really going to find out what kind of bench cover um, you've actually got, aren't you, Houston? Yeah, that's right. When you have to play like Ruggles, you have to pretty much have to play him on field. You're having to play Mills, 
a couple of your sort of rookies in there. It's a bit unnerving, but hopefully it's just that week where it all falls into place, but you can pretty much guarantee it will not be. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those things that you think you've just got enough cover and then all of a sudden Kerridge is going to be a late withdrawal because he, he even though he's named, he is still sore and they, he has to miss one week and it's just it's just going to be the nail in the coffin. You just you just don't, you know, or Libba. Libba um, has, has been named, but, um, you know, he, he's got a corky from last week. Like if he's laid out and you've got Ryan Davis as the only person left on your bench that can fill that gap, it's just, yeah. you know, eating a donut's just going to hurt, you know, this early in the season. You, I, I surely, I'd recommend, like, if you're not making a trade involving any Richmond Hawthorne players or um, like anyone on the Friday night, obviously, if you're trading out Weedering, you'd have to do the trade before the Carlton game. But yeah. I would definitely, if you if you're looking at these trades, maybe if you're getting Parker in or something similar, or um, you're getting Smith in from Collingwood, I'd definitely recommend waiting until after the Richmond Hawthorne game until Saturday before you make those trades. Yeah, that that that's exactly right. Too many coaches are, you know, you know, I know what I'm going to do, and it doesn't matter what changes this week. This week I'm going to get this person and that person. I'm going to do this and that, and they not they lock it in on on Monday morning, and then it rolls around to Saturday morning, and they had none of their trades involved on a Friday night, um, and you know they they. For some reason, they have one person that are involved in the trade that they swung into the forward line or something like that, and then they can't reverse it and they can't fix anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it makes... not. It's not just the people you're trading in and out. It's also the swings that mix everything up as well. You know, like um, just got to be really careful. Yeah, agree. Just, just wait. Just wait until those people involved that you think you need to move or to trade are involved. So if you have got no Richmond, um, you know, if you if you're using a trade, for example, that um, say you went um, D out from the back line. You took Mitch Brown from the forward line to um, the the back line. You brought, uh, say, like a Menadue into the forward line and Kerridge is out and you have to have Menadue play on field and suddenly he's not getting a game or he's a late withdrawal or something like that. Then you just absolutely shafted because you've just moved everything around. You can't reverse this and that. It's you just got to be really, really careful. Yeah, exactly right. You just, yeah, be aware and keep... That's that's why there's a rolling lock, lockout these days. Yep. So it, it, you can get through things like that without it being too unfair. Yeah, don't just... What we're trying to say is don't just set your sights on what you want to do and pull the trigger when you can possibly even wait up until a, a Sunday lunchtime before you actually have to pull the trades. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, mate, let's jump straight into your Houston We Have a Problem recap from last week. Perfect. So we were going through options for Fife. I think pretty much all those options came through, so um, credit to the boys on the Monday podcast as well. Good work, lads. Yeah, the the information was pretty much spot on. I couldn't fault it. also discussed Gray and Wingard. So I said last week, if you've got the cover, definitely hold Gray. And uh, and, and let, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Did you? I, I listen. I listen to every podcast we do, mate. And I distinctly remember you guys in the community right back onto the the podcast post. If you agree with me, Houston said he was going to hold Gray. Did he not? Yes. What? Okay, all right. I just want to preface that because I'm, I'm just, I just, I, I just want you to announce exactly what you did with Gray on the weekend. Go, Houston. 
Hey guys, I am. Uh, uh, I traded him to um, Matt Pritis. You traded him to Matt Pritis. Oh, like, there's no such thing as a good point of difference this year. It's bloody <laughs> stuffing me, <laughs> killing me, mate. I, so it was could it was straight to Parker. I was like, yep, cool. I'll go straight to Parker. I saw how many teams he had selected in and thought, you know what? He's going to have a crap game if I put him in this week. Bang, 150, pretty <laughs> 75. Shoot me in the head. It's just, that's, yeah, bollocks. And the best thing is, everyone's looking from the outside that doesn't own Gray going, oh, sweet, two weeks we can pick up, we can pick up Gray for 500K. This is going to be brilliant. And you've got to do a barlow and try and find out how to get him back in. Mate, I, I are you going to trade? You're going to sideways Prittis back to Gray? No, I was thinking about <laughs> sidewaysing Prittis to Parker. <laughs> so I've just messed up that trade so bad. And like it, from the outside looking in, I thought, cool, this would be good. Prittis is nice and consistent. Always forget about how he has these dips down every year. Yeah, no. well, it, put it in perspective. I went five, for example. You went, you went five to someone. You went to Sloan, didn't you? I think he knocked out at one thirty. Nah, he, he went 106 this week, but uh, I think the week before he, he knocked out a fairly yeah, high... I think that was the week before. I went five to Pendles, and Pendles didn't train last week because he was so sore, so I was kind of a little bit nervous about it. But he got 100 and rose in price a little bit. And, you know, this week they're coming up against um, your Blue Boys, and, you know, if he's, he, they say he's, he's going to play, even though he only ran laps today on the Thursday when we record the pod. He ran laps with Sidey, but... You know, against against Carlton, he's just going to kill it, surely. Surely. Yeah. I, I can't jinx myself by actually bringing him in and then he spuds it again. <laughs> Unless Cripper, uh, Cripps shows him what's up, you know? Yeah. Same old. No, let's not get back to that up thing from the other <laughs> week. Um, yeah, so, and you also, um, did you cover... Um, Wingard. Yeah, Wingard. So with Wingard, I said to hold him there because yep. um, everyone's getting him out. Um, so everyone's going to get him, want to get him back in, and you're going to sort of be a trade behind. And there you go. This week he's playing named on ground. So yeah. it's, uh, one week it might seem like the worst thing in the world, but if you had someone like Papley on ground or um, Ben Ken or Carriage, they all scored over sixty. Yeah, and the thing is, this guy has averaged high nineties across the season twice before. You pick this guy up for four hundred, even maybe even sub four hundred k. That you know to have it like even if you have him at f six, f seven, that guy that's a steal. F seven for Wingard. Yeah, that's right. I started with him in my f two. Yeah, been yeah. a bad year. That, this that's year. the that's the problem with you though, Houston. You pick the players you like. You pick a Wingard. You pick a Cripps. You know, you, you just got to start looking at the raw data and not get sucked in by pure emotion and your love for some of these players. Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> All right, Houston, let's jump straight into Houston. We have a problem. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Cool. So this week, guys, uh, cash cows that haven't been named. So speaking about the likes of Darcy Parrish, Ryan Davis, Jacob Wiedering. Um, now, if you can afford to hold these guys with cover in your respective lines, hold them. So the golden rule generally with cash cows is to cull them when their average almost meets their break-even. So this is obviously talking about someone like Weedering. It's sort of an exception, but in a couple of weeks, it might come 
if, if he comes back in a couple of weeks, even one week early, it only takes one really good score or two decent scores to get that three-round rolling average back around and his break-even to a negative. Just see Tom Papley as an example. Like yeah. A few weeks ago, high break-even, everyone thought he was gone and then since come out and risen 20K and has a break-even of two, probably be at 300K before the buys. So it'll make it 200K. So it's all just about putting things in perspective. If, you, if you've got these guys there and they're cash cows, Remember, if they're not playing, they also become a handy loophole and they're not leaking points. So it's it's no huge deal in holding them. I think this week with a lot of injuries, it, it's if you can't cover them, then it is wise to be able to trade them out, starting with Weedering, D, McDonald, Tip and Woody, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, if, if you basically, if you've got somebody that is you're needing cover for somebody you don't need to trade weedering out if you're needing a defender you don't sorry if you are needing a defender you don't want to trade someone out like d or um like tip and woody or anything like that you'd look to trade out de- uh weedering so, yeah yeah because sort of, you're, you're trading out the people that aren't playing if you need that cover say if you've got you've got weedering and laird and then you have no one on the bench um because you have to bring on say a hartley and a ruggles you know if um, anything else happens, you kind of bug it, aren't you? Because they're they, they're both going to miss multiple weeks. So if you were going to trade someone in that instance, say you have a D or a Weeting Weetering, you're kind of forced to trade Weeters because you know you need D playing and you need someone on the bench. Yeah, that's right. You just need that little bit of cover. So there's no sort of like with with D, I know that everyone's trading him out, but it can sort it can really turn around when they're this this price is so like so small and he's still been named on the team i know his break evens at 94 at the moment but he could come out and hit a 90 or an 80 and then his break even goes up a little bit but he's still the next week he's gonna um if he pumps out a nice score it's just generally gonna that the the crappy scores in his three round rolling average are gonna slowly push their way out yeah so and it's, it's one of those things that for the next probably two or three weeks, D is going to drop cash. So for the next three weeks, he's he's going to make you less money than what he is. But the points that he's going to bring in by covering that donut might be the difference um, between a league win or, or going up a couple couple ranks. So just you've got to weigh up between having that cover or getting rid of someone at their peak price. Yeah, that's right. And there's always a, a point where you, you have to get rid of these guys. There's no... That's just the way Supercoach works each year, and sometimes you keep a couple of those players that, um, like shaping up like Carriage and Adams, those sort of guys this year. But yeah, you need to get rid of them at some point. So to sum it up for you guys, if you like the the cash cows that haven't been named, so your Parishes, your Davis, your Weedering, don't panic too much if you've got cover for them because they're not leaking points and they're going to give you a val- valuable loophole. Yeah, I'm probably going to cover a couple names in Chizo's Tasty Trades anyway, just to uh, say the other side of the coin where people have, say you have Hartley and Ruggles on the bench and you don't have Wheatering, say Laird is the only one that's out for you this week, maybe you could upgrade a D. That's probably a situation um, that we might cover in Chizo's Tasty Trades a little bit down the line. Yeah, no worries. Well, um, that sums up Houston. We have a problem. Let's go through some captaincy options. Brilliant, mate. Who's your number one this week? I'd 
probably have to say Ablett would be my number Ooh, one. Ooh, he's pulled yeah. out Ablett at number one. Why? What? What puts Ablett? I know he got the rev up from the rest of his team, basically saying that he's a spud and that he needs to pull his finger out. Do you do you, do you really see him? You really see him being a, a the number one captaincy option this week? The looking at the stats, I'm, I'm a stats man, and I um I can't look past averaging 117 against Melbourne and 130 at Monica. I just can't look past it. So um, maybe that you place a VC on a danger or a um someone playing beforehand and then go to the captain on Gaz if it doesn't work out. But, yeah, I like Ablett as an option. We also we almost need to do a VC and a C option when we do the captaincies rather than just saying our top five. Like, just kind of thought of this off the top of my head because we've got the likes of Danger, Parker, Selwood, Hanabry and Gaz that you could all VC and... I know it probably doesn't seem like it considering last week, but, you know, you could always go captain into Goldie if one of those four doesn't work. Yeah, that's right. It's hard to go past those Sydney boys this week yeah. playing against this, and I know that they're your team or whatnot, but... Mate, they're just going to go crazy. But it could it could go one of two ways. They could all go nuts, or they could all just spend no time on ground and just have very average schools. No, they, they're going to grind them into the dirt for sure. <laughs> yeah, probably get that percentage up. They need to get it. All right. And just some extra numbers on Gaz. Um, the last two times he's played the Demons, he's had 161 and 119, and he's already averaging 125 at Metricon this year. So, um, you know, definitely a valuable um, option to be looking at. Um, I would probably go um, a Danger or a Pendles up next. Who would you pick between the two? Yeah, I'm looking at Dangerfield just because of how consistent he's been this year. Yeah. Um, 111 against West Coast, he averages. So, yeah. um, But Pendles is pretty close. He averages 121 against Carlton. And That's his average. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, uh, like know, across his you know his 10-year history, that's his average against Carlton. He averages. Including his junior years when he probably presumably scored 60s, his average is 161. Pendlebury One, would have... 121. <laughs> 160. Yeah. Lock him in. Lock that is. Um, yeah, 121. So, crazy. He's, I, I'd, uh... be, I'd be happy with that from Pendles. Yeah, that's right. You chuck the VC on him, an early Saturday VC, and the captain in Lukey Parker or even Gaz, you'd be bloody happy if Pendles goes for... Even what he averages, 121. If he goes any 10 points over that, you'd be... Stoked. Mate, is is this you pulling a Michael Barlow from last week saying that Pendles is Pendles going to go one forty? Have been known to uh, make <laughs> they come through, but I might back in. I might put the VC on him for you. Oh, I would so, I so, would, so that you I feel would good. Do that. All right. You can watch uh, me trade. Um, if you'd like, I can take some of my own information and reverse my trade from Pritis back to uh, Robbie Gray and just leave Gray on my bench. If we could do that, sort yeah. that out. Uh, just on danger. He's back at Simmons Stadium this week. He's had 166 and 132 there already this year. His past two games on West Coast Eagles have been 128 and 156 from last season. He is undeniably a very good option this week. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to be. Uh, I'll have that VC on him 100%. What about my captain from last week, um, Hanelberry's? 
131 versus Don's last season, averaging above 120 already this year. And he's the, get this, he's the only player yet to go below 100 in Supercoach this season. Far <laughs> out. It's great, great pickup at the start of the year. Like I, I, I started with him. I'm really happy. Yeah, you you must be stoked. I've I've looked at getting him in a couple of times, but now he's just at that price where it sort of becomes unaffordable. Like you look for value, but he um he could be in Brownlow contention, but Luke Parker's going to steal votes from him. Yeah, well, I, obviously I would have preferred to start with Parker. I chose out of that price range. I trust I chose Joel Selwood, and I'm not displeased. But you know, you obviously want to start with uh, start with the best, and it's disappointing I chose one over the other. But um. I, you know, Hannah's against the Dons as well. He just racks up the touches. He's just going to go crazy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I love Hannah Breen's selection and as a um, a captain selection as well. Yeah. What about um, uh, Danger's teammate in Selwood? You know, he he's had a good three round average of one hundred and twenty seven point three. Houston, that's his last three rounds. Yeah, there's it's pretty high, and he averages one hundred and fifteen uh, in Geelong. So. He um he could be another option if you don't like yourself you don't have the likes of Dangerfield um Geelong are playing a little bit earlier on in the day at two ten that could be an option. Yeah, he's 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 outpacing Danger over the last two or three weeks actually, Selwood. Yeah, it's strange to think that, but yeah. like looking back over the history of Joel Selwood, you can sort of just because he had it down year last year, you can sort of see why he could at the end of the year he could outpace Sel uh, Danger completely. Well, it was only two years ago he averaged 124 across a whole season, and then last year he just didn't have the cattlery, the cattlery. See, I made a, a cat's joke just then. <laughs> no, um, yeah, he just didn't have the other players to give him that chop out from that um, the tough inside mid position, and he just he couldn't hack it. Like his disposal numbers were down to you know his lowest since his his rookie year, so he he was suffering quite a lot. And dangers just just freed him up so much, and he's back to his best. Yeah, it's good to see. I love watching Selwood play. A lot of people always say, oh, he's a, such a bad player to watch. He ducks and this and that. But yeah, no, I'd rate him. It's hard at the ball. Like, it's just good to watch someone that just puts everything on the line to get the ball out of the pack. I've got a, I've got a fan, a, a mate who's a, a big Richmond um, supporter. Shout out to Tommy G. He is a massive Richmond fan and he always pumps up Trent Cotchen to say how good he is. But uh, <laughs> the difference here between Trent Cotchen and Joel Selwood, they're both exceptionally good players. When the game is on the line, Joel Selwood wins them the game. It doesn't matter what he has to do, he pulls them across the line and that's something I've never seen Trent, Trent Cotchen do. Yeah, I agree. And uh, sorry to your mate there, but yeah, that's a bit of yeah. a statement. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Round, round up the captaincy options. Who are you VCing and then captaining? So I'm going a vice-captain of Dangerfield into yep. a captain of Ablett. And I'm going a Hanabry into either a Gaz or a Goldie yet to be decided. Yeah, nice. Um, one very last Smokey pick. All right, Smokey, who have you got? Is this the bar? This is the Barlow of this week. Yes, it is. If you own Lance Franklin, he, looking at this list... And the opponent that he's versing, he actually averaged the highest of, of anyone against his opponents this week, other than, other than Adam Oxley, I think. Oh, um, that's right. He kicks like 17 goals against Essendon every time, doesn't he? Yes. So oh. he averages 124 against Essendon. This is going to be a rough week for me. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Apologies for that. Oh, yeah. No, Franklin's a good a good smoky option. Obviously, you could do a VC loophole with him as well. Yeah. So I just thought I'd chuck that one in there. Yeah. Beautiful. It ain't easy being cheesy. Guys and gals out there, super coaches. There's a couple topics I want to cover this week. The 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 bubble boy on everybody's lips, Joshy Smith. Okay. Now. He's a rookie from Collingwood. We uh, He kind of snuck up on us. So we, we've been looking at him and not really ta- paying much attention, but um, he's a, a, an elevated rookie from, from Collingwood, a mature age rookie, um, 22 years old, 181 centimetres, 78 kilos. The guy's been playing Neeful for you know last three or four years. And uh, last year, uh, he won his sides at the Redlands in the Neeful, uh, run won his sides best and fairest, um, he averaged the eighth most Supercoach points of any midfielder in the competition to play at least five games in the NEFL. Um, he's, a, he's more of a hard-running outside mid. Uh, he averaged 29 touches a game, elite for uncontested possessions, marks, inside 50s, and score assists. Um, he's more of a kicker than a handballer, which is good for Supercoach, uh, but his kicking efficiency was down at 55%. So, you know, the guy can find the footy. Now, he averaged 28.7 touches, Disposal efficiency of only 62%. And I, th- I think we saw that against um, West Coast Eagles. He had quite a few clangers that brought his score down into the 90s rather than racking up a ton. But he yeah. only had a contested possession rate of 32%. But he had five center, five clearances a game, five tackles a game. Um, you know, this this guy, I can see holding his spot. Me too. They, like... And he's shown from the, the last couple of games, like last, I think last game he he did give away a few goals, so he had a couple of clangers that yep. um, don't bode well. But I know that he, um, yeah, he's sort of that mature age r- rookie, but like his scoring's been so good so far already. Like he's averaging eighty four. Yeah, and that's pumped up with a big mid nineties from last week. So um, there's a the, his standard deviation wouldn't be so great. But, you know, if he can play another five games and average 75, 80, this dude's going to make us 150, 200 grand real quick. Yeah, that's it. And his break-even's at negative 108. And that's that's the highest we've had since um, Adams um, and these kind of guys that had, like, the, the, the 130s or 140s not that long ago. Yeah, that's right. I'll give you a bit of an idea um, as to what we'd be looking at if over the next couple of weeks, what he, what he averages. So... Say that this week he comes out and gets a an a mid eighties, for example, he should jump up about sixty k. Yep. And then if he continues on an average of around eighty, by uh, about round ten or eleven, he'll be up over around three hundred k. So he's just going to in the next month make us enough money to go straight to a premium. Yeah, that's right. So if you've got a little bit of cash in the bank, maybe at 150, 200k, you could do a one up, one down that week, just before the buys even. Just to if you're trying to set up your, you know, your premium structures for your buys, say you needed an extra midfield in in round whatever, you could very easily just go a Josh Smith straight up to someone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got to. It's one of those ones you have to get in this week. I think he's as close to must get in as you can. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about we talk about the uh, the main man out of the intro, Michael Barlow? What do we do? He's got a break even in the thirties. He's coming off the back, 
you know, his last um, last five games, he's averaging over a hundred. After you know, since people started trading him out, um, he's averaging over a hundred. Um, the guy, especially now, Fife is out, is really starting to take control and be that inside mid. And you know, sometimes he does butcher the ball, but you know, I I I just don't I don't understand how you can ignore someone that's averaging 114.3 over his last three rounds. He's got the proven history, and he's a mid-forward swing. This is what we got him for. This is exactly what we wanted. Like, the dude had 33 touches, 15 contested possessions, 8 tackles, and he's 134 last week. Doesn't matter how many clangers he's getting. If he's doing that every week, he's scoring way over 100. Yeah, exactly right. Like, he's... um... He looked great last week on the ground as well. I um, yeah, I really enjoy watching watching him play. Even though he's playing in such a bad team, he's he's just his role has had to have gone up so much recently just because of the like well Fife being out of the midfield there. So um, yeah, it's really showed in his scoring. It's been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. I've enjoyed watching him. Yeah, I he's only down. He went up thirty thousand dollars last year uh, last week. He's only minus 3k on what he was at the start of the year it's basically if you didn't start with him you can jump on him but if you traded him back out and then you want to get him back it's almost like hitting the reset button except you lost yourself probably like 60k yeah that's it um yeah Yeah. he's someone that um if i didn't have i'd be looking at very closely yeah the only way is sort of like now he's getting, he's got quite a low break even. So if you think you've sort of made a mistake in your forward line and you've got someone in there that's not doing too well for you, uh, he'd definitely be an upgrade target for me. Um, you you can sort of see it as a win because he's dropped a couple of grand for the year and he's, he's had those bad scores that have run through his, his um, I guess his his last five rounds or his his scoring, and you can sort of look at it like look at it as a win that you didn't cop those first couple of rounds of scores, and you're getting him in at his peak form, and he's just going to go up from here. Yeah, look, I've got, I've I think some coaches just have to bite the bullet and swallow their pride and get him back. But you know the problem is, you're going to get Josh Smith this week. You're probably going to get Petrarca and Keys and or Cox. Or you know, Brad Crouch is on the bubble. There's a lot, a lot of these guys that, you know, can you fit him in in the coming weeks? That's the question. I think you can fit in. Are you going to have a trade to be able to to find somebody to get? It? Remember, Rocky's there as well. Rockliffe. Which one's more valuable to your team? Rockliffe is thirty thousand. Uh, sorry, twenty thousand dollars cheaper than Barlow. And you know, Rockliffe can average one thirty four for a season. Yeah, but would you be prepared if you get Barlow in this week in a nice structure? Would you be prepared to maybe get Rockcliffe next week when he goes up ten or fifteen grand, or is it the other way around? What would you prefer? With Rocky only having a break even of eighty four, let, let, let let's break it down. Rockcliffe's had a terrible year, right? He's been playing up forward. He's been playing injured. He's had broken this, broken that, torn this, torn that. He's still averaging. for the year. So his terrible, (laughs) terrible year is still averaging slightly higher than his break-even this week. He is going to go up. 
He's gone down 70000 this year. If he was too cheap for you to ignore at 550 k at the start of the year, he's too cheap for you to ignore at 483400 Yeah. He's, um, but if he comes out and notches up a ton this week, he's probably only going to go up ten or 15 k Yeah, that's true. I might have to get you onto the Super Cold Gold for that. He He's coming off the back of 117 last week, which is... He, it is his only 100 for the year, but it is his only game that he played in the midfield for the year. So I think out of his 30-odd touches, he only had two in the forward zone. He had 28 in the midfield zone, which is what we wanted to see. Like, is that the sign that Lep has gone, yep, he's right, he's back to the midfield, he's our ball-winning midfielder? Or is that just a once-off because they were in the game against Sydney? Yeah, there's no doubt he's going to go up in price if he stays healthy. He's just like he's just a gun. <laughs> Guy's a freak. The the, the the dude's skill is like not being questioned. It's whether he's going to get the same role as what he had last week. Does Beams come and free him up a little bit? Yeah, it's a possibility that he does. And you're looking at a guy as well who like in the next couple of weeks, his his opponent, his average versus opponents is actually quite low for his standards. Yep. But from about round nine to twelve onwards, he averages. So, looking probably after the buys, he averages one hundred and twenty. Uh, sorry, one hundred and seventeen against Richmond, one hundred and eleven against Gold Coast, one hundred and eight against GWS, one hundred and five against the Bombers. Like over a hundred in every one of those. So he could be a really, really good option to jump on. Okay. Um, so would you trade in Tommy Rockliffe this week if you had the opportunity? Yes. Yes, I would. But if I hadn't already had him this year and traded him out. So you reckon those that did have him and traded him out deserve to wait a week longer than those that didn't have him? Correct. Oh, that's... A- that's a nice little opinion you got there, Houston. I'm going to be one of those coaches that traded him out that probably gets him back in. Yeah, it's just bloody hard to trade someone in that you traded out. It's like it's like Daniel Rich traded him out. I don't know why. It's a stupid trade out. Um, but I just can't get him back in. I can't bring myself to waste two trades on a player, especially with Rockcliffe last year. I, I I wasted three trades on Rockcliffe last year, getting him... Oh, sorry, more trades. I got him in and out, in and out, in and out. So, like, six trades. Yeah. In all honesty, the dude could come out and do what he did last year and re-injure himself for a 40, and then you're cooked again. You've got to spend three, you know, more trades on him. And then he comes back at the end of the year, and he's, he's averaging 130 towards the end of the year, and you're... <laughs> You're just too stubborn to bring him back in. Yeah, that's what happened last year. At I, the end I, of the year, I, I'm like not a, feeling too bad. I'm not feeling too bad about getting Rocky back in because I did swap him for Aaron Hall because I didn't start with Aaron Hall, and that was a correction that I needed to make. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, good point you so make. I, so if you've made that sort of trade, you'd be happy with it. Yeah, I. So it wasn't technically a sideways for me. So um, on top of Rockliffe, you've got Petrarca and Keys. They both started well. Um, I just don't like the idea of doing double downgrades, Houston. I don't like the idea of saying, I'm going to use both my trades this week and it's not going to improve my scoring output. Yeah, no, no thank you. If you're going to like, if you're going to do a downgrade, just 
go to the the most obvious choice smith on the bubble and maybe just use one trade this week yeah. so what i'm talking about is next week so you've got uh, oh, next, yeah. you've got petrarca and keys sitting there is it too much to say um are we going to you know are we going to miss out on keys say if we go petrarca in next week and you know say we get another injury um, say Shaw goes out next week and we've got two premiums on our, our, our backline bench, do we need to upgrade another defender to try and cover kind of thing? Are we going to miss out on one of these guys? Yeah, it could happen because you've got to, you've pretty much, you're going to have to get both of those guys in at some point. They're yeah. both absolute weapons. Yep. Truck and Keys, they're probably, at the start of the year, they were going to be probably two of the most sought-after rookies at that price. And the, the reason I say that is because we're running out of back rookies like you had Darcy Byrne Jones and these kind of guys that all come up in one week but then you've got the likes of Tucker who's been omitted on his bubble you've got Bruce Lee your boy who's been omitted on his bubble you know if you know Ruggles missed last week we've got all these rookies that aren't you know aren't getting games in the back line you know you've got Laird out as much as you like to think that you can go double downgrade in one week, you might have to cover some of these premiums by upgrading somewhere where they're missing. You might miss out on going to two rookie downgrades. Um, say you've got a, 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 a Ben Kennedy or a Papley or a, a manager or, or someone like these. You might miss out on having to trade one of these because you need to cover someone. Yeah, that's it. And it, it doesn't hurt to get someone like Keys. They didn't, or, or Petrarca even. If if one of these guys gets sixty next week, and then he's on the bubble and his break evens quite a high negative, and maybe comes out the week after and gets sixty, you can always jump on him at an elevated price of one seventy or one eighty k. Like it's not going to really, really hurt you that bad. Like you you are losing a bit of money, but if it saves you seventy to eighty points by not by having a donut on your field in the long run, then you'd be yeah. happy to do. So. Yeah, I think the point I'm trying to get at is with guys that have the scoring potential of Petrarca and Keys and these kind of guys, I think it can sometimes be worth missing... Jumping in. Yeah, so say that Petrarca was um, Petrarca was available this week. Just, just for argument's sake, you would obviously choose Josh Smith as the downgrade option, correct? Yes. But then you have the likes of Barlow and Rockcliffe bottoming out and now starting an upward trend, this is my point. You Sometimes you're, you're forced to upgrade somewhere and you don't get to double downgrade. Otherwise, Rockcliffe makes the same amount of money one week that a rookie might make, but you miss out on the points. So I think just keep an eye out on where your weaknesses are because if you miss out on doing the double downgrade, it's probably not a bad thing picking up a Petrarca or a Keys even after their first price rise and they're around 180k. Like, you know, you've just got to kind of grit your teeth and go, these guys are still going to make me 150k. I'm just going to pick them up at an elevated price. Yeah, yeah, you can. You make a good point. I get where you're coming from now. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah, I, that yeah, that really does. It makes sense. Yeah, and the last thing I've got on Cheezo's Tasty Trades, it's a new segment. It's Cheezo's Chainsaw. And this week on the chopping block for Cheezo's Chainsaw is Matty D. Goodbye, my friend. Head on the chopping block. You're out of my team. Just like Houston said you needed to hold this bloke, he's about to drop me cash. 
I have Lonergan and I have Rich sitting in my midfield waiting for that swing. D's out. Rich is going back into the back line. And welcome, Josh Smith. Bye-bye, Matty D. Yeah, I would do the same thing if I had cover, but Bruce Lee on my bench is killing me. Bruce Lee and Ed, that's my bench. I've got Snuggles with Ruggles on, on as my emergency in the back line. I've only got Laird out. I didn't have Wheaters. So I'm happy to be one of those people that can piss off Matty D. Woohoo! Woo! All right. Mate, do you want to take us away with a bit of a team review? We've had a, a lot of entries this week. How did you go picking one this week? Yeah, I um, honestly, by random, I just chose one out of the pack, out of the pack, and Darcy Poole is the one that we're looking at this week. So nice. thanks, thanks for the submission and the review. Uh, just to let you guys know as well, if you do rate, review the podcast, so give us a five star review. Let us know your thoughts on the iTunes channel, or even give us a follow on SoundCloud, and then send a screenshot through of that and your team. You have the chance of getting your team reviewed on this side of things so i'll go through darcy's try uh team with you now we've got the so just to let you know he's got 23 trades remaining after making two this week and he's got 178k in the bench so heath shaw sam doherty marcus adams tip and woody burn jones michael hartley then you've got rory laird and jacob weedering on the bench got Paddy Dangerfield, Gary Ablett, Luke Parker, Scotty Pendlebury, Patrick Cripps, Tom Libertore, Daniel Wells, Callum Mills, George Hewitt, Ryan Davis, and Josh Smith in the midfield. Rucks, you got Max Gorn, Nick, Nick, Nick Natanui, and Lush on the bench. And then your forwards, you got Hall, Martin, Barlow, Dugowie, Kerridge, Petrarca, Kennedy, and Papley. Interesting. So this week, his trades, he went Day or D to Doherty and Menadju to Smith. He said, tell me if you think there are better trades I could do yes. and your thought on holding Lead, Carriage, and Libba. Also, I thought I'd hold Weedering until next week because his price isn't going to change. I think Menadju, you don't need to trade him out this week. Um, the only bench coverage he has is nothing on in defense he has rory laird and jacob weering on the bench yes okay so my first impression is that back line he is deliberately he's got no cover and he's trading someone out of the back line who is playing to someone else who is playing leaving himself still with no cover this is a perfect opportunity yes weetering can probably make you more money but what's what's to say that um, you know Hartley gets replaced um, late, or you know one of these guys put, for whatever reason they have an injury or they're a late withdrawal? Laird and Weetering are three week, two to three week injuries, as far as we're aware. That's a long time to hope that nothing goes wrong. You're right. Yeah. I I, I think in this situation, as shit as D is. You have to go weetering. It's run his course. That 23 is going to stay. Yes, he's not going to drop price, but that 23 is in his rolling average for the next few weeks when he does come back, which means he's, if he's out for three, he's not going to be making you money for a minimum of the next six weeks. Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, That's... like if D drops some, drops some cash, it's not going to be much because he's not averaging much to begin with. 
you know, if he drops you 20K, whoop-de-doo. But if you miss out on 60 points because you elected to hold Wietering over D, that, put it in perspective, there is eight... I checked the other day. There is 83 points separating ranks 14,000 away from each other. So 28,000 and 43,000 are separated by 83 points in your overall <laughs> score. That is that is one donut away from dropping fifteen thousand ranks. That's crazy, isn't it's it? It's too big of a risk to take over a three week period. A lot of stuff can happen over three weeks. I don't mind the like men are due to Smith, that's fine. Smith's gotta come in somehow. Yeah, and if you've got to get rid of someone, men are an absolute spud. Spudgy. So yeah, exactly. I don't, you, I don't know, you know I love Spudgy. Spudgy. <laughs> um, the like, what he could do is you could go, you could just go weedering to a higher priced defender. Like yeah. if you wanted to, you can. Like I see, got Doherty in. Um, but why yeah, doesn't like, he? Why doesn't he just go weedering to Doherty? Yeah, have, exactly. have D as your bench cover, and then you have. Instead of 178k in your bench for next week with 23 trades, you have 200k with 23 trades. Yeah, exactly. And you can use that extra 200k to say, um, go a uh, Tom Liberatore at 433k straight up to uh, Lukey Parker. Yeah. And then, and uh, even though he's got Lukey Parker, but you, you you get my point. Yeah, you can go to any primo you sort of want to, and you can even like you can go to a Rockliffe, for example. There yeah. you go. You can go a Selwood. You can go um, even a, a Hanbury if things go your way. Um, you, you can use that extra little bit of coin to, to go anywhere. You could even go, you know, if you think Daniel Wells has run his course, you can go go up somewhere. Um, it, it's it's I think a, a smart move to make ensure you've got the cover rather than just keeping the guys you think you you, you like more. Yeah. Great cap, uh, great ruck choices though. Gorn and Natanui, the two oh. averaging ruckmen for the year. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, and it would have saved him a lot of money at the start. So as well, so um, let him sort of have a little bit of flexibility. The midfield, it, it's got the potential to go really, really big as well. Yeah, Danger Ab Parker Pendles, your boy. Yeah, my boy Crip is sitting down there. Didn't want to mention him for the fifteenth time in this podcast. But <laughs> happens every week. Yeah, um, yeah. So out of those, the team this week, everything seems to be tracking along nicely. He's got Petrarca and Kennedy in the forward line. Kennedy's almost run his course, and he's already got Petrarca in. So it's going to be interesting to see how he gets Benny Kennedy out. Um, he's also got Jordan Ngoi, which I, as everyone probably knows, I think is a waste of space this year. And the quicker you can get rid of him and upgrade him or downgrade him as, as possible, I'm, I'm happy with. Um, but other than that, Das, I think you're on the right track. And I would just, as, as sad as it seems, I would ensure you have at least one person covering on that back line. Even if you've got to hold a spud like Matty D, this is a guy that's probably going to play 22 games anyway. So, you know... Even if you're in finals and you get stuck with him, he's still probably going to be playing. So, um, yeah, that's you know, right. Weetering's uh, in line to probably get rested, even if he didn't get injured. So, it, it, at the end of the day, I'd I'd have a more of an inclination to go D to stay on the bench and go Weetering to Doherty, and I'm happy with Menager to to Joshy Smith. Put it this way: I'm a big Carlton supporter. I'm a big Weetering supporter, and I've got D and Weetering, and I've traded Weetering out. It just doesn't make sense to hold him. 
no that and i I'm, I'm pretty happy with that exactly so um yeah thanks for the send in submission thank you for all that that's um hopefully it helps you out in the long run going forward but um i think we can go on to some q and a's you want to go through some facebook questions yeah sounds good mate the most relevant one i guess the one at the top from one of our regular commenters fozzy wolf fozzy Pretty sure he's got a picture of Jacob Boydering as his profile picture. So he um, is in the same position as me. He said, D or Weedering to trade out this week. I'm keeping D, will lose me money, and keeping Weedering will make me have a donut if Ruggles doesn't play. Might have to risk D and hope he scores very well. Thoughts? We go. Here we just discuss that. Yeah, so I think that pretty much answers it. Fozzie also chirps up, says, Cheezo and Houston are the kings of Supercoach podcast. What do you make of that, Houston? Well, I might be the king of the podcast, but I'm definitely not the king of taking my own advice. <laughs> I know I have. Good We've got two this year, guys. We've got hold Robbie Gray. Didn't hold Robbie Gray. I need to get Michael Hartley over Tom Lee. Didn't keep Michael Hartley. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> all right, mate. Shoot, shoot some more questions, bud. Um, all right. Here we go. I have to make seven upgrades in total to complete my team. I've used five trades so far. So he's on 25. Unfortunately, Good maths. I'm really happy with that maths, mate. I can see why you're going so well. So he's on 27. So <laughs> five, 30 minus 5 equals 27, guys. Yeah, go. Yep, uh, cool. un- unfortunately, four trades have been on injuries, so I haven't been able to make any real upgrades yet. Without much cash in the bank, is a double downgrade this week or next week ridiculous? This allows me to make a total of four upgrades in round nine or ten. The idea of only having to make three more upgrades between round 11 and the buy rounds is a tempting one. And that's from Jim Fairweather. That's actually a really great comment. So he's asking, is a double downgrade this week and next week ridiculous? I'm a big fan of the you know the one up, one down situation where, say, for this week, you're getting a, a Josh Smith um, and you go up to a Barlow or a Rockcliffe. Um, you know, it... it Certain situations when you get like a, um, a a Keys and a Petrarca come in where they're two obvious jets, you have to do a double downgrade. But I'm, I'm just not sure that it's necessary just to do a double downgrade two weeks in a row for the sake of it. I think I think you're, um, you're banking a lot of cash, but you can do that while you're upgrading. Yeah, exactly. It's not You're not changing it sort of by going like double downgrading, double downgrading. Like you can go one up, one down, one up, one down. It's, yeah. um, you're sort of... You're doing it the slow burn way, but it's netting you extra points in the process. So say, for example, you have um, a Rory Laird. Is it a good idea double downgrading this week considering you've lost a premium off your field? So um, you could downgrade Josh Smith and bring in a, a Michael Barlow or Tom Rockliffe that covers that missing premium to try and keep your scores up so you're not dropping in price while you're holding them on the bench. That's why I'd be more inclined to do a one-up, one-down. If you're not affected by injuries and you're doing really well and you're only, you know, you've, you're only pretend, you're only going to plan on trading people from the bench, say you're doing a, a Menadue, um and a Ryan Davis and you're doing a double downgrade, if it's not affecting your on your on field score, then that's fine. But if you're losing a premium off your um, say uh, off your field, then I'd be more inclined to do a one up one down scenario where you can cover that missing premium. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, um, you just don't want to risk double downgrading and losing a heap of points. 
just for no no sort of you're not really getting that much out of it and you could just get a primo in there as well i know it looks nice to have a lot in the bank there but yeah, you've got to think about point situation. That's what we're what's what we're playing for in the end. Yeah, you can bank that coin while still improving and protecting your side. Yeah, that's right. Um, Adam Roth asks, I've had Lonigan since the start and he's slowly dropping in price. Should I hold him and worry about rookies? Also, since the buys are later, I was considering holding some of the rookies as you will need a trade in round 13 to 15. Thoughts? I think Lonigan's a hold, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm one that got sucked into the preseason hype with Jesse Lonergan. I'm I'm big on another Tassie boy, a bit of a sentimental thing. I just I always knew he was a, a bull inside mid and he was a massive ball winner when he was a youngster and I saw that towards the end of last year when he averaged eighty five to finish the year and I saw it in the preseason whereas the he was the highest points per minute scorer and he was just a bull again, getting the ball everywhere and I jumped on him. I mean the dude's averaging seventy Come on, like he's he's only lost six point five thousand dollars. Like it's not gonna break your bank to hold yeah. him. Worry about the rookies and um, yeah, he said as well. Since the buys are later, I was considering holding some of the rookies as you need to trade in. I don't think that's a bad idea unless their break evens are like like you're looking at a D or um, like you're looking at a weedering and you're not getting someone on the ground. That's the sort of situation I'd definitely trade some of them. Um, but like, if you're going to hold like your Mills and um, Parish, for example, he's not playing this week. Like, you can hold those sort of guys. Yeah, and the thing for me is Jesse Lonergan's got a handy def- uh, defense mid eligibility swing. And at the end of the day, if he's a spud for the rest of the year, just keep him uh, planning and have him at have him at um, at M nine or whatever, and just have him as that defense midfield bench cover for your finals, like. He might come out and, and put up a, a ton every now and then because he, he, he does have a good super coach game. He's just got to get it going. And I think um, once um, Gold Coast get up and going again, he'll start scoring a little better. Yeah, that's right. Um, Alicia Rebecca asks, Josh, Josh Shaysh. I can't pronounce that. Shaky. Shaky. <laughs> the Shack attack. I've had him all along as a sentimental favourite, but now I'm not sure what to do with him. He's averaging 61 and his break-even's 24. If I trade him out this week, I can bring in Parker instead. Yes, just do that. If you picked him as a sentimental favourite, you, if you've got Shaki in your team for 200-odd thousand, knowing that he was probably going to lose price anyway, you might as well keep him. <laughs> you know, you, you're just going to feel crap with yourself because you traded out one of your favourite players. You're like, if he's... He was never going to be any good for you to begin with, so you might as well keep him. <laughs> he's gone up. He's he's gone up a little bit. He's only gone up fifty six k. No, it, he did not make any money. He's a spud. He did. He went up fifty six. He went from two twenty something to two seventy three. Oh, there you go. He's I, actually I, I, in I, over five percent of teams. How? <laughs> oh man. Who who is tra- is he good looking or something? Like maybe nice Alicia's thing. traded him because he's got an all right head on him. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't, don't know. know. But, but yeah, let, let's be serious. Any way you can bring in Parker, I don't think we're against, are we, Houston? Yeah, correct. 100%. Parker is the highest averaging player in the Supercoach realm. Get him. Now. Um, Jeff Jeff asks, Hooley, Pittard, or Boyd? I can get Boyd if I trade out Kennedy for Smith. 
I know Huli can go monster and Pittard is a good point of difference, but Boyd seems like he's on his way now. Which one? I'm going Boyd. Well, you know my feeling about Boyd. I, I, I've said it a few years now. I came out before he made this run. He'd been at ceiling so high. Yeah, he like the dude's averaged a hundred for ten years straight, and he he had a slow start to the year. He lost seventy k, and we both came out Houston and said get Boyd, and he's still only only in five point something percent of teams. If yeah, Pittard's right. a pod, then Boyd's a pod because Boyd can go twice as high as Pittard. Yeah, he's just got that... Um, but the like thing is, he, he might get rested. But the thing is, with um, Bulldogs, they're losing so many out of that back half that they kind of need him to play more games than they probably want him to. And remember, there's another buy. There's two buys this year. There's one after round 23 before the start of the final. So if he is pulling up a bit sore, they can play him later in the season and give him that rest before finals anyway. Yeah, you're right. That's correct. This week in our group, we actually have... And number one that's got a different name this week, other than Cheeky Poos. Oh, who is it? Burning Down Dale House. That's a bloody clever name. That is. Nice pun. I like it. His name's Corey. He's um, currently ranked 117 overall. And you know what? Cheeky Poos is actually ranked 117 overall as well. They've got the exact same score. So the old Cheeky Poos is right, still, still technically at the top. Just just giving him a bit of stink. Just stinking it up right up there. That's right. Well done, Aiden. Aiden. Good to see you back, mate. I noticed that you didn't hit us up on Facebook to let us know your starting team after we said last week. I don't think he listens to the podcast, Houston. No, it's a shame, isn't it? All right, let's wrap this up, guys. We're dragging it on again. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and help us uh, keep producing that quality content. We love bringing out these Thursday night, Friday morning podcasts. Um Houston, I'm signing off. Good to see you, mate. I'll, I'll talk to you on the weekend. No worries, mate. Have a good evening and good luck to all you super coaches over the weekend. Happy super coaching. See ya.